Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Your hosts today are the fabulous three of Matt, Callan, and myself, Michael. Today we are talking about the fear of judgment. This topic comes off the heels of our last episode about the power of vulnerability. And the fear of judgment is something that I think stops a lot of people from being vulnerable in the first place. So we wanted to dig a little bit deeper on this one today. So I can say from my perspective that I have actually done um, a lot of my own personal growth on this topic over the years. And it is like night and day from when I was, let's say a kid to even in my twenties to even till now. So I want to hit the ground running with one of my favorite truth bombs of all time. And so accepting this one hard truth can literally change your life. Ready guys? People don't like you. <laughs> People don't like you. They don't. And they don't like me either. And they don't like Matt. And they don't like Alan. There are people out there who don't like Mother Teresa, and there are people who don't even like Beyonce. And that's because a lot of people struggle to actually like themselves. And if there's two lessons that I've learned on the topic of judgment and criticism, it's that people who criticize others or tend to have a tendency to criticize others a lot, criticize themselves 10 times harder within. And the other lesson, and this is even more important on my journey, is that it's not anyone else's job to like you. It's your job first and foremost to like you. And when you do that from a place that is genuine, then you will naturally attract people in your life who like you for yourself as well. Now, I know it's not an easy ask, right? It sounds a lot easier. And we're gonna dig into that a little bit more about how we can do that. But what I've learned on my journey is that when I'm willing to let people have their opinions about me, when I'm willing to let them criticize me, it frees up so much of my mental and emotional energy to the things and people that actually do matter, the people whose opinions do matter, my own, my loved ones, um, my clients, working on my business, going after my goals, my health. It frees up all of that mental energy that I used to spend trying to convince people to like me, trying to, trying to win their approval. And actually, even more recently, I would say this year, I've, I've learned even another lesson on top of all that, and that is that as you live your life and as you do a good job living your life, especially if that's in the public realm, you're going to get haters and you're going to get critics and you're going to get judges. And I see Matt and Calvin nodding. <laughs> this has come up a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is definitely something that a lot of us can resonate with. And, you know, Taylor Swift says haters are going to hate. And that's why these days, instead of trying to change their mind, instead of trying to um, justify myself and prove myself, it's so much easier to just let them be wrong about me, let them criticize me, let them hate me. And of course, you know, there's that tendency to want to jump in and, and defend yourself and protect yourself uh, and, and justify. But I've learned, well, I'm learning, I should say, I'm learning. I'm learning that it's a lot easier to just let that go and let them be wrong about me. Now, there are people's opinions who do matter, of course, my own like I said, my loved ones and those, those opinions I do take into uh, consideration a lot, but the other people out there, not so much. They're going to have their opinions. They're going to judge. That's just what people do. Okay. So that's uh, my most recent learning on this topic. Callan, what do you have to say? Well, first I want to go 
mic drop, <laughs> like just yeah. like throwing it all out there right off the get go. Um, oh boy, I, there's so many things I could say about this topic because like this has been one of the biggest things in my life, just like as a recovering perfectionist um, and just like, which came from like the sense of like constantly needing people's approval and wanting people's approval, which I think came from like this deep space of being gay, being born gay and knowing something was different about me and the world telling me that that was wrong. So I was like, okay, well, if I can be perfect in every other way of my life, then like everything else will be fine. But then that goes out into the real world. And that comes back to that self judgment thing of like, oh, I'm not being perfect. And everybody needs to perceive me as perfect. Because deep down inside, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Because, you know, being gay, we were told you're not good enough or like, you know, everything that goes along with that. Um, so that's kind of been like a journey that I've been like recovering from and, and moving through and processing. Um, and I like that, like people don't like you. That was a big, that was a big thing I had to let go of, of like people's perceptions of me and the fact that I can't control that. I have no control over what other people's perceptions of me are. And that's just a fact of life. Like I can't tell somebody that they have to think a certain way of me. Um, and no matter how we portray ourselves, it's like you said, like, People don't like Beyonce. People don't like Britney Spears. People don't like Oprah. People don't like the Dalai Lama. Like it is what it is. It's just, you're not, you're not going to be loved by everybody all the time. It's just not possible. That's not how life works. Um, and so going on that journey for me, I think a lot of that started to shift specifically when we started the Gay Men's Brotherhood and Gay Men Going Deeper podcast, because I think the piece of the puzzle that was missing for me was a support system and like true love and compassion and caring and people going through the same shit that I was going through to be like, oh my God, I get it. I've been there. We are there. You know, like we get haters all, not all the time, but we get haters um, in the private Facebook group. We have people freaking out. We have people calling us all sorts of things and throwing all sorts of things at us. Um, and it's just like, everybody's got their baggage. Everybody's got their own shit. I can't take that personally. It's not my responsibility to take other people's emotions, thoughts, and feelings personally. That's their stuff. And whatever I say, if it triggers it, they have the opportunity to either lean into it and get curious and to see why they're having that reaction or to freak out and throw slanders at us and be all like, it's your fault. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, there was recently a post that came up that somebody was kind of saying, like going very much against what I had said. And I wanted to respond so bad. But then in the back of my head, I was like, nothing ever gets solved with trolls on Facebook because they're the keyboard warriors are going to be the keyboard warriors. And when somebody has such a strong opinion like that, they're not open to the idea of, you know, their mind being open and thinking of things differently. They're just wanting to be right. And you can't educate somebody who wants to be right. It's just like, okay, you're right. I'm wrong. And it takes a lot of fucking patience to get to that place and, and maturity to be like, okay, cool, whatever. Even though I have a different opinion than you, it doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It just is what it is. And we don't need to play in the same sandbox. Um, one thing that uh, Brene Brown has taught me about this subject is you know, her, you know, being in their arena, and I'm not willing to listen to other people who aren't in the arena with me. That was another thing about, you know, creating this group and being in this with you guys is that we're in the arena together. And so I take what you guys say, seriously, and 
you know, with a grain of salt, because we all have to kind of take on board what's true and what's not, but I value you and I value your opinions because we've built that stability. We've built that safety amongst ourselves. And so I think for people out there listening right now is that it's a lot easier to go into the arena when you have other people who are there holding your hand in the arena with you being like, yeah, we might get battered. We might get bloody, but we're here together and we're here to hold each other up because everybody out there in the cheap seats, they're going to say whatever the hell they want to say, but that's not the real important stuff. And when somebody's in the arena with you and they say something to you and they're like, Hey, I think you should look at this. There's something going on here. You then have to be patient enough and get curious enough with yourself to look inward and go, okay, this is rubbing up against my stuff. It never feels comfortable to rub up against my stuff, but I love this person and I value this person. And I need to take what they say in, I need to search it and see what's true there for me and evaluate it so that we can come back together. And it's not coming from a place of attack. It's coming from a place of genuine love and care. Um, and I think that what we get on TV teaches people that criticism is bad and to attack it. And we've not learned as well as we could or should this space of like, okay, take in the criticism, think about it. And does this person deserve to criticize me? And if they don't deserve to criticize you, if they're just a troll on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, <laughs> control alt delete, yo, <laughs> just like block that block button, super easy. That delete button, super easy. Like no fuss, no mess. Like it is what it is, but it takes a lot of energy to not play into that because what that's what those energy vampires want. They want to get your attention. They want you to be pissed off and be upset so they can go, Oh, ha ha, I won. And just don't give it to them. So that's kind of like a lot of the biggest journeys that I've gone on recently in regards to that is, you know, having your top five people that you can count on and depend on that are on your small little sheet of paper. And it's like, Kate, these are the people in the arena. These are the opinions that matter the most. Everybody else, thank you. If I hear something that I need to pay attention to, I will from the cheap seats. But otherwise, if you're just throwing slanders at me or popcorn or whatever, I ain't got time. <laughs> So that's my little soapbox moment. <laughs> mm, yeah, lots there from you guys. I feel very stimulated right now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was saying to the guys before we got before we started recording that I'm feeling quite anxious to talk about this topic. That's um, a very heavy topic for me. It's been, I think it's been kind of my main theme in life. Um, I've always kind of felt different, like most gay men um, felt different, um, growing up quite sensitive, empathic, these sorts of qualities. And um, for most of my life, I viewed them as negative. Um, I attributed my sensitivity to being feminine. I attributed my um, empathy with being probably too sensitive or, or, or just um, feeling too much, you know, uh, and then I attributed my being gay to being feminine. And I really, really internalized a lot of messages around what it meant to be feminine. Um, and I basically manufactured my whole life to avoid being seen as feminine or weak, um, or emotional. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I basically lived my life from this place of fearing 
judgment and learning how to bypass that. And that was how I set my life up. So it was about people pleasing. It was about not putting myself in situations where I knew that I wasn't going to be successful or that I wasn't going to be perfect. Um, not trying new things, not um, exposing myself to, to, to people that would challenge my beliefs or my sense of self. Um, and I really lived a very rigid existence for a long time. And I think um, just in the last few years, I've really opened myself up to the whole notion around authenticity and, and, you know, my brand is inspired to be authentic. And I think that's been my journey <laughs> is being inspired by people around me, um, different spiritual teachers, different personal development coaches and um, on what it means to be authentic. And I think now I'm in this place where I'm kind of like learning what, what, what my authenticity is and how limitless and how multidimensional it is. And it's like, you know, I say to people who are either afraid of being judged or are judging others, like, which version of, of me or which version of whoever we're talking about, are you judging? <laughs> you know, like the version I'm showing up today. Okay, cool. Well, what about the version I'm going to show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day? Like I'm, I'm multidimensional. I'm multifaceted. Like, so it's like, I just think that that's the most beautiful aspect of, of authenticity work is that it's like, you get to show up as whoever the hell you want. And one of the ways that I've been practicing that is, is through my attire, like what I wear, because I think we often look at people from the outside and we, 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 we tell this story about who we think they are based off of how they look. Um, and there's a really cool practice in authentic relating. That's you tell the person, this is the story that I'm telling myself about, about you. Is this true? And you give them the power to tell you and teach you who they are. Um, and it's a really beautiful practice because it's amazing how the filters that we have when we view people come from our own biases, our own past experiences, our own wounds, um, our own trauma. And then we look at the people around us and we tell the stories of who they are. But really, if we pause and take a moment and allow people to teach us who they are, we, we learn a lot about ourselves as well, not just about them. Um, and I think, you know, this whole area around femininity, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's so alive for me right now. And I'm just... Yeah, what Michael said at the beginning about how the judgment that we fear from other people is just a judgment that we are sending to ourselves. We're criticizing ourselves. And I think this has been such a heavy area for me. And it's just, it's, um, I'm working on it so intently and I'm, I'm wanting to kind of unpack this because there's so much value in embodying and embracing my feminine and it's there's just it's so deep this conditioning is so deep around don't be a bottom don't be weak don't be too emotional as a man be stoic have it together like all of this shit i'm just so sick of it and 
there's this part of me that's just like wanting to just jump out of my skin and just be this like free spirited, feminine, beautiful energy. But there's like this fear of judgment is what is holding me back. And it's like this one final last thing that just won't quite shift yet. And, uh, and it's, it's so prevalent how, because I know this, I've done this work before in so many other areas. And the main one is around being gay. I've pretty much made total peace with being gay. And when I, I, I made total peace with it was when I rectified all my inner judgments. It had nothing to do with the world around me, except that the world around me fed me that conditioning in the first place. Then once it's in me, it's my responsibility to, to stop sending those, those judgments to myself. And this one is so big because it doesn't just affect gay people. It affects all men and even women this conditioning around what it means to be a woman and how it's looked at as, as being less than or feminine or, or whatever being less than. So I just think that, you know, as I move through allowing parts of myself to come forward that are more feminine and just observing, becoming a witness to these things that, okay, oh shit, I just moved in a really feminine way and somebody just judged me. I felt that, right? What, what goes on for me inside when I perceive that judgment coming from outside myself do I reinforce that judgment with a judgment of my own? Or do I choose to breathe and just let that, let it go? You know what I mean? And, and then move on to the next moment where my authenticity can be celebrated in a new way, right? It might be whatever. So um, this is just such a, it's, it just feels very heavy for me right now because I'm moving through it. It's, it's very much alive within, within my experience right now. And um and it's showing up in all sorts of ways. And one of the main areas that it's showing up for me is in the area of sex um, and sexuality. Like, what is it? There's a part of me that's shifting um, and I can feel it. <laughs> um, what I desire sexually is changing. Um, and there's shame around that. There's shame around bottoming, wanting to bottom more. Um, and I think we need to do an episode on this <laughs> bottom shaming. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not quite ready yet though. There's a reason why it hasn't come. Um, but yeah, like just, I don't know. So there's just this whole area and I'm, um, I know so many people can relate to this because as, as gay men that we, we, we hide the feminine aspects of ourselves. And I'm also fucking annoyed with the gay community because it's just, it reinforces my shit, man. And I hate it. Like, masculine men are more sexy or masculine men are this or you know emotionally avoidant men are are you know a plus <laughs> it's like no i'm i'm here for, i'm to, to to break this conditioning down and teach and and bring people together that want to reinforce that emotional openness and um feminine expression and um bottoming and topping should be both perceived as valuable and fun and exciting and playful. Um, and I'm not quite there yet. So I'm, but I'm, I'm moving in that direction, which feels good. So I'll stop there. For now. <laughs> I love that. I just want to say the irony of like, you know, the topping versus bottoming. It's like, it still takes two. There still has to be a bottom for a top to top. Like <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're both still guys. Like they're like, takes two to tango at the end of the day we all still suck Derek <laughs> like 
but yeah, there's a whole different episode to unpack all that. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's pleasure in both, and and I, I see what you what you mean, Matt. I used to feel the same way, especially when it came to. I mean, I think we all mentioned that the this core wound comes from that need to protect ourselves when we were young and realize we were different or gay. Mm. For me, that played out in a slightly different story. My coping mechanism or what I learned as a child was um, I couldn't express who I really was in that more feminine way. So I learned to be that, that being invisible, that hiding myself was safe. And that still shows up for me today in my fear of visibility. It still seems like, no, no, it's safer, Michael, if you don't show up, if you don't speak, if you stay over there in the corner and just be quiet, it's safer there. Mm. And then the other thing I learned was, you know, similar to the people pleasing story that we all have, um, other people's opinions matter more than my own. And so it's taken me my entire adult life to unlearn all that in all of the various ways, whether it's being gay, whether it's enjoying bottoming, whether it's enjoying anything that I like. And I like a lot of things that might be considered, you know, <laughs> fetishy by some. And I had to hide that as well um, until, you know, I found people who didn't judge me. So back to the fear of judgment, um, you know, that was a big fear of mine. And it still is even in my business, right? Even now it still shows up like, oh my gosh, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this podcast with these two guys. Well, what if people are judging what I'm saying? Um, and I say to you all, judge away. <laughs> right. So, your right. people are going to find you. Like yes, your exactly. people are going to find you, but you got to be able to speak your truth for the people to be like, oh, he's my people. But if you're hiding that from the world, your people can't find you. Right. And, and that's just it. When you, when you speak your truth, your people will find you. And what I noticed with you guys and other people who are in the arena, uh, to, to go back to that, which I love, Brene, um, people who are in the arena, I, I will say, don't tend to criticize. They'll provide a constructive feedback. Whereas people who criticize are always the ones who are doing less. <laughs> people who are in the arena with you won't criticize because they know. They know how hard it is. Well, people who are maybe doing less than you who want to be where you are or want something that you that they perceive you have they'll be the ones to criticize or as when you know when we talk with you guys or other people you guys provide very constructive feedback i'll say mm -hmm. yeah this reminds me of um the conversations i had with jordan bach um because i asked him specifically because he's had a lot of success social media wise and professionally i was like well how do you deal with the haters and he was like control out delete like block delete he's like you don't have time for those people out out there who are just like throwing shit at you because at the end of the day you can sit on it and ruminate on it and like look at it all and read all the horrible comments and all the things they're saying but is that really going to help you in the long run like there might be a constructive criticism in and amongst all of them but I, you know, it would, it's better to look at the people who you have around you be like, am I going crazy? Like, what, is this okay? And it's not surrounding yourself with people pleasers. It's surrounding yourself with people who you know are gonna hold you to the highest um, self that you can be. And so if you do something out of alignment, they're gonna call you on it. If you're in alignment and you're like, people are reacting really, really crazy right now. And they look at you and go, no, it's okay. You're just going through some shit right now. I've been through it as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we do for each other because when shit gets thrown at us, it's like, nope, been there, totally. I get it. It sucks, but like, it, we're going to get through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's very normal also. Like, I want to kind of normalize judgment because 
as human beings, I think we're, it's, it's just part of, of, of what we do. <laughs> you know, we, we, we need to take somebody and we need to put them in this box so we can feel like, okay, this is how I need to interact with them. Right. And this is, this, this is, this is the conditioning. Cause we don't have to be like that. I shouldn't say we have to, we don't have to be like that. We can work through our traumas, our wounds, our all that sort of stuff. And then we can get to a place where people can be boxless because we don't feel like we need to make them safe uh, by judging them and conceptualizing them. Um, so we can feel, feel good. So there is a way that you can move in the direction of getting out of that. But I think the majority, 99% of this planet is probably still in the conditioning around um, judgments are the things that make them feel safe and give them a framework in how to uh, and how to conceptualize somebody. And I think for people, for the 99%, I'll, I'll share what I've been doing because it's been helpful um, because I still judge constantly. I walk, I'm, I was walking yesterday on the seawall and I was like, I caught myself, my ego was like, just beating the shit out of people. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I caught it, right? I became a witness of my own internal process. And I caught it and I was like, holy shit, what's going on here? Why do I feel the need to, to hurl these judgments at people? And what I, there's a couple things. So peeling back underneath that layer and looking at it, okay, well, what's going on for me? Why is my, why is my ego all revved up and, and wanting to hurl judgment at people? What needs to be tended to within? Um, am I feeling judged? And I know a lot of a common theme for a lot of people in the realm of judgment is I I I I I load up my gun, and I start shooting before I get shot at. Right. So, uh, you know, reject before rejected, judge before getting judged, criticize before getting criticized. And I think that's what a lot of us do. Right. We we have our gun loaded, safety off, and we're ready to shoot off a judgment before it comes at us. And um, so that's likely what was happening with me yesterday was I was just feeling like, okay, I don't want to be judged. So I'm going to have that kind of calloused, you know, energy or whatever. Um, and then the other aspect of it is, is the witness consciousness, just become, become a witness to the process of what's going on. Like when you're feeling um, the need to judge, or you're feeling like you're being judged, become a witness to the person that's feeling judged and become a witness to the person that's feeling like the need to judge. And I think that's where we start to unpack the conditioning around it because we, we get to see it through the lens of, um, of well, through the, the lens of the present moment, right? When we, when we fully let go. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing about authentic expression is you we're, we're our most authentically expressed when we're in the present moment, because we're not worrying about what other people are thinking. We're just completely engulfed in the present moment. And we're allowing ourselves to show up in whatever expression wants to come forth. And it's not easy to access that and stay in that, obviously, because we're constantly looking around and seeing who's looking at us or seeing who's perceiving us and how they're perceiving us. But I think that can be the goal for, for a lot of us is to, just to start to spend more time in the present moment. And I, I think for myself, I do that by just becoming a witness to what's going on internally. It's been helpful. It is such a waste of time when I find myself doing the same thing, like thinking about other people. This also for me comes into like a lot of that compare and despair. So seeing other people and like comparing myself to them and then like, why, why am I doing this? This is completely useless. 
they're on their own journey. They're not the same person as me. They have a completely different history. We're not even on the same road. Like, get out of my lane, or I'm going to get out of their lane, rather, because <laughs> yeah. I'm the one doing it. And it's just, yeah, such a waste of time. So it's this constant, and, you know, as much as I know that, like, it's still natural instinct. Maybe it's just the way we're socialized as humans, living with, you know, billions of other of others on this planet. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But it is so much more impactful in my life when I can bring myself back and just focus on the things that do matter. What am I doing? Where's my power at the present moment? My powers in my actions, my powers in the way I'm thinking, my powers in the things I'm doing um, with my life and in the life of those who I love in my business. So I think that has been probably one of the biggest time savers for me is stop looking at what everybody else is doing, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, and there's like, you know, it seems like 10 billion other coaches out there. It's like, stop looking at where they're doing, focus on me, get my message out there. The right people will come to me and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I resonate with that. Cause it was like the people, your people will come and find you, but you got to put yourself out there to find your people or for your people to find you. But if you're doing the self-judgment, you won't put yourself out there to let the people find you. Like I was stuck in this whole cycle for so long of like, building my business, but not being willing to go on video or not being willing, being willing to do like stuff like this, because I was like, but people are going to judge me. And then it's like, yes, but people are going to judge me. Like it's, it's, it's not, oh no, people are going to judge me. It's people are going to judge me. So just do it anyways. You know, you're going to feel that fear. You're going to feel all that stuff, but do it anyways, because the more we do this, the more people get to know us, the more they're like, oh, I'm your people. I like your vibe. I like your energy. But you don't give them the opportunity to do that if you don't put yourself out there. But it's that scary cycle of like, oh, no, can I? And that's why it always comes back for me to community and like those people who, you know, will hold you up. Because if you can have, if you have that safety and security and that support system, then that's what's going to hold you up. And that was a big missing piece that was in my life. I, I was like, so the lone wolf, like separated family, parents didn't really care what I did when I was growing up. Like, I just had this thought the other day about like safety and security as a kid, like my dad and his girlfriend constantly, I would be like at a friend's house until like whatever, like eight, nine o'clock at night. And it would be like, a solid maybe hour walk away um, or like a bus ride or whatever. And it's like nine o'clock at night. I'm like between the ages of like 12 and 15. They're like, Oh, get the bus or walk. And like, there was no regard for safety of like, Oh, whatever. And it's just like <laughs> the, I mean, the world was a safe ish place where I grew up, but it also wasn't a safe place. So it was just like, I, as a child just felt so un uncared for that I was like oh I can't depend on anybody I can't count on anybody I have to count on myself and so that created this lone wolf ideal of like oh I'll just do everything myself like I won't worry about anybody else but having that mentality and then coming going to try and do scary new things yes you can do it by yourself but that takes so much more effort and energy I've realized than like finding people who also want to go there together and And to succeed as a group, you succeed so much faster because you learn so many things from the other people in the group that you're like, oh, I don't need to learn this lesson myself. This person learned it and I can take what they learned and integrate it for myself. Um, That's one thing. The other thing that I want to say is that (laughs) what really helped me kind of push through things is realizing that people are just selfish. And that's not a bad thing, but people are so selfish and we're so self-absorbed in ourselves, which is fine because like we're the only people in our own heads 100% of the time. But like 
people don't think about me nearly as much as I think they do. And when I put stuff out there, I'm they like, there's not hundreds of people out there being like, Ugh, rolling their eyes and like over it. Like people just don't care that much because they're in their own world. They're stuck in their own shit. So it's just like, you know, people don't really care as much as you think it is. So it's just like, put out the videos, do the thing, make the mistakes, try and fail. Because at least you can, at the end of the day, say that you've tried and that you're working on it and you're doing something instead of the people who are judging you. Even if there are a few people who judge you, who are like, oh, you tried and you failed. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, but at least I tried and I failed. What have you done? I mean, you don't need to turn it on them and be negative like that, but it's like, well, what have they done? Are they doing the exact same thing that everybody else has done because they're afraid to break the mold and they're afraid to be their authentic selves and you're over here being your authentic self and they're judging you for it? Fuck them, that's their problem. That's not your problem. You're there, you're trying, you know? So let people be selfish. You be selfish too, do your own thing because at the end of the day, I'd rather slide sideways into my grave being like, I fucking did that and I did all of it and I tried everything instead of being like, oh, I wish I'd tried that thing and I wish I'd not cared as much about what other people thought of me. Yeah, I love that. People are going to judge you anyway. That is one of my favorite mantras. People are going to judge you anyway. So might as well do what you're going to do and make it worth their while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my story when it came to um, sex and sexuality. I tried to like, when I first came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm gay, cool. But I'm going to appear to be like straight acting at the time. That was the, <laughs> the word that everybody wanted. Oh, I'm looking for straight acting guys, which I don't, I don't condone that by any means, but so damaging. Yeah. I know, but, but I tried to put on that, that persona. And then eventually I was like, I don't like this. I am not that guy like I just want to be me I want to say things that I want to say I want to express myself the way I want to express myself regardless of how it's perceived by others and then once I started doing that the people who so here's what happened the people who liked me for me didn't care they're like cool we love this good job the people who had a problem with it had a problem with it and that told me a lot about them and their relationship with me and my and our relationship is it was it a genuine connection clearly no it wasn't because when I started to express myself more when I stopped people pleasing them mm -hmm. they were not happy clearly because I've been I built my life around people pleasing them so all of a sudden I'm like you know what I'm not gonna do this anymore I'm gonna do me they had a big problem with it and then through that I learned how to better deal with criticism judgment to the point where now it's almost like I, I have a visceral reaction to when people um, don't let me be me. I, I, it's, it's almost like I've gone the other side sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not going to put me in a box. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. Get the fuck out of here. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. So that, that a lot, that came from my people pleasing story. Cause it just felt like I broke the shackles off. And I mean, in some ways I'm still am today and in, in my own way, but it first started with, with coming out and then becoming that gay man who, um, like sex and like sexuality and just wants to be me and wants to love who I am. And, and that for people who, who knew me as like that shy, quiet boy, which by the way, I still am shy and quiet. And I'm also uh, confident in my sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stands out from what you said, um, it reminded me growing up where people would, um, 
and actually mostly women, believe it or not. I grew up with a lot of women. I hung out with a lot of women, but they, whenever I would meet people, new people, they'd be like, oh, like you don't act gay at all. Like, you know, and they like, they, it's almost like a compliment. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. You know, like, and then now I'm just like, fuck you. If somebody says that to me, like, what is that even supposed to mean? You know, like, I, I just think, and so, and then that just reinforces this heteronormative crap you know around like oh you know you're 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 less than if if you're gay so like oh no you you know you don't act gay because if you did that would be a bad thing and i'm so anyway yeah that's i I fucking hate that i just want to say yeah (laughs) i know i know it drives me nuts and then that just reinforces this whole my whole thing around i have to be masculine i have to be straight acting and i i I do want to talk a bit about shame because i think shame is like so so prevalent in this conversation because the, the shame is the birthplace of where why we have fear of judgment in the first place right because we have shame for who we are and i think as gay men you know fear of rejection fear of judgment are like two of the most common things i work with with all my clients and um and shame is a is a huge underbelly of all of it and i think on the journey of moving towards be, becoming more authentic you know we have to work through our shame. And that's obviously why we started the brotherhood is because we want to take people on that journey from shame to authenticity. And I think for me, shame has been this thing that's like held me back from bringing forth my most authentic self and it's it's kind of all kind of tied into like this fear of judgment and <sighs> yeah i think it's just it's it's really important f- for us as gay men to have community that's what that's what's coming through right now is the biggest thing that's helped me on this journey is shadow work okay and i think shadow work when not worked with somebody that you trust and care about it's just hurling projections back and forth right when somebody triggers you and you don't actually pause and take a moment and look at what's going on like why am i so um rattled by this but when you actually have somebody in a community of people that you care about and you do shadow work so like Callan and I have done shadow work Reno and I did some really good shadow work and these are just mirrors of aspects of ourselves that had yet to be integrated and we carry a lot of fear of being judged on these aspects but when you work with and you do this work with somebody that you trust and and you can do some some healing work with it's very powerful and I think what for me what shadow work has helped me do is help me integrate these these aspects of myself that I had been judging about myself and was afraid of being judged by the outer world because when the outer world judges me it just reinforces and and really stings the parts of me that I already know are are are, are not integrated and that I reject about myself and I think for yeah, just for people who've never done shadow work, I just think it's so powerful. Um, 
and, and the key to shadow work, really, we're always doing shadow work. It's just, are you allowing it to penetrate you or are you, uh, you know, putting your hand up and being like, fuck you world, <laughs> you know, um, are you allowing the, the, the stuff to come in and work with it? And it's a fine line. Shadow work's a fine line between, okay, is you, cause you need a lot of discernment when you're doing shadow work, because the things that are coming at you now they're not all valuable right like you say you take them like a grain of salt but there is some things that are coming at you that it's like oh shit do i need to um sit with this and and look at it and i think for me how i've discerned that is is there a strong emotional trigger to the judgment that's coming at me right if somebody judges me and calls me like a pumpkin i'm not going to give a shit because i'm not, i know i'm not a pumpkin but if they if they call me a control freak i know i have some control freak shit that i'm working on <laughs> so it's like you know that that can really get me so it's like is there an, an emotional um a strong emotional reaction to this judgment then maybe it's something that i want to look at integrating and working on so there is value to judgment, right? Because when judgment comes at us and we use it, we can use it to do some really beautiful work. And that's why I think, it, you know, in the community of the Game and Brotherhood, we're offering a beautiful space for people to start to develop rapport and trust and respect and, and these things where you can do this work because we can't do this work on our own. You cannot really do shadow work in isolation. You need to do it in relational dynamic. And I think... Um, yeah, I'm just really proud of the three of us and, and all of us, really, everybody in the Game and Brotherhood, because we're all building this community together. Because there's there's so much beautiful work being done. Like, it's unbelievable. So I just wanted to share that as well. <laughs> I love that. And it's so true, because like, you, can, you can't, like, you can do your own shadow work to an extent. But until that shit rubs up against you, and your fucking hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you're like, ah, like, you don't know something's really triggering you until somebody fucking triggers you. And then you're like, ah, and then you have to sit back and look at it and go, okay, okay, why is this such a thing for me? Yeah. And that's the true shadow work. And that's where it's like, yeah. you know, doing like working with a therapist or a coach gets you to that to a degree, to a certain degree, they'll get you there. But like a therapist doesn't know, like there's not that interpersonal stuff that goes on. And like you said, Matt, when we've been able to do ours, you know me on a deep level and I know you on a deep level in certain regards so that when we have to rub up against each other and do that shadow work, we really, that's why I love that we've built that foundation of trust and love because you have to be able to sit back and go, okay, what's true here? why am I getting so rattled up? What do I need to look at inside myself? Mm -hmm. And that's a constant journey. But the more that we do it, the more that stuff can kind of get left behind because we've processed it and moved through it. And then there's always going to be something new and it's not ever going to perfectly go away. There's always going to be stuff that comes up, but it'll be evolved stuff and changed stuff so that you don't have to keep repeating the exact same thing over and over again. It's like, okay. you know, people in in these relationships that they constantly are in the same, you know, that one friend who's just always in that same type of relationship with somebody else. And you're like, haven't you learned your lessons yet? <laughs> like, like it's because they're refusing to do that shadow work of sitting with it and be like, Hey, there's shit here that we need to look at and deal with. And like working with the therapist and stuff is the first, like one of the first steps in, in doing that work, because if you can process it with somebody else and first have the communication and conversation around it, at mm. least that gives voice to the shame. Like you got to name it. No, you what, name it the name, the shame to like reclaim. You got to name the shame to reclaim. <laughs> That's it. I just, I'm putting my stamp on that one right now. You got to name the shame to reclaim. Copyright. So yeah. Right. Um, 
Because if you don't name it, if you don't give voice to it, it's those shadows grow so much bigger in the backs of our minds and in our deepest, darkest places. And when we let them fester, that's when all the shit's going to hit the fan. But if you name it and you can look at it and go, I don't like this. This is this is awkward. This is uncomfortable, you know, but at least I'm looking at it and at least I can start the conversation around it. It just it energetically changes it even if it's just a fraction of an amount, it changes it so that it gets easier to look at it and talk about it. And then eventually you get to a place where like, oh yeah, that used to be a thing for me. Sometimes, yeah, it'll get rubbed up against, but usually I can deal with it now because now I've learned the tools and how to communicate with it, how to deal with it, how to work through it. But mm. you have to be able to deal with it first. And and that goes back to the self-judgment or that goes back to judgment and self-judgment. If When you're self-judging yourself of having this shit, we all have it. We mm. all have it. Nobody's, but Oprah's got her shit. Ellen's got her shit. Like <laughs> everybody's got their own shit, you know? So by self-judging, you're not letting yourself move through that process of growth. Yeah. And that's what happens when you do your personal development in the vacuum, like I did for the first few years. I was like, okay, this is just my thing that I'm going to just keep to myself. I'm not going to do this with anyone. And I'm like, oh, look, I learned so much stuff. I'm so smart. And then, <laughs> nope. <laughs> went out into the world and and you know when you do rub up against other people when you're in a relationship even even just with your friends or colleagues or your boss like it's within other people that the real growth can happen and, and that's when you have no choice but to face the fear of the judgment and those wounds that can help you grow at least that's what what i've learned <laughs> yeah. in, in my life and my journey and my relationship even now like it's other people and that judgment that really can help you, but you have to have compassion for yourself. And you know, I'll say this as well in the gay men's brotherhood um, for people who come to the bi-weekly zooms, a lot of people, if it's their first time sharing, I think a lot of the, that anxiety comes from the fear of judgment. So they want to come deep down. There's a little voice saying, Oh, I want to go to this. I want to participate, but they're afraid of being judged, which is very common to go into a group of random people who you've never met before and start like talking about sharing something. But the great thing about the brotherhood is that at least in the Zooms, we have a beautiful community of people who are not going to judge you. It's, it's you know, that sharing circle style and everyone has a chance to share. And then we realize through that sharing that we have a lot more in common than we think we do. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself helps to alleviate some of that shame that we carry. Mm -hmm. And adding on to that, I even want to say, when we first started doing the Zooms, I had so much self-judgment of like an anxiety about the, the guys who are going to judge me. Like, are they looking at me? Am I being perfect enough for them? Are they going to be like, oh, he's annoying or oh, he won't shut up or he's not doing a good job at this. And I like I had so much self-judgment. And even now, sometimes I'll like get ready for it and I'll be like, oh, am I going to be able to like do this tonight? Like, <laughs> what if somebody like and it's just like all this crap that I have to put down on like. I'm not, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for them. And if I just focus on serving them and just showing up and giving them the space, then they start talking and it's just like, oh, oh yeah, this is great. These, you know, everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's bringing their stuff to it. And we do so much more learning with each other. Other people are our biggest teachers, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's, it is what it is. Other people are our biggest teachers. So when we let ourselves interact with other people, that's when we learn the biggest lessons. Mm -hmm. And that's where the vulnerability comes in, because, I mean, this is about fear of judgment, which, of course, exists for all of us. And then having that vulnerability to expose that emotion, like have that emotional exposure, 
you know, show people who you are, even just a little bit, even just a little bit is so vulnerable. And that's why there is such power in vulnerability and, and having to see, okay, yes, I have this fear of judgment, but I'm going to deliberately choose to be a little bit vulnerable, show these people or someone a little bit of myself in hopes, there's no guarantees, but in hopes that they will also feel safe enough to do the same and then, you know, develop that more meaningful, deeper connection that we all want. Mm -hmm. And then like I'm using the Zooms as an example, because that's what we have, but even just showing up to the Zooms, like we can provide all the tools for every single individual to like do all this work. But if you're not willing as an individual to take that one little step first, which is the scariest one, that's the one you got to do by yourself. You got to take that first step. And that could look like just showing up to a Zoom meeting without your camera on, just having your day be like, at least I'm here and just listen and see what the interaction is, you know? And then maybe the next time you come, then you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll put my camera on. And then maybe the next time you actually say something. And it's like building that muscle that I've talked about so many times, building that muscle of being comfortable with being vulnerable and like the the more you do it in those safe environments with people who are going to hold you up and like in a secure, safe space, that's, what's going to build that muscle. So eventually you get to that place where you're like, yeah, I do zooms all the time. Cause I see it every time there's the people who come to the zooms constantly. And then there's the new people and the people who come constantly are always, they're like, yeah, whatever, yada, yada. But it takes a while for them to warm up sometimes, but they're happy to share. And then the new people see that energy and they're like, oh, well, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. And then they do it and they're like, oh, this felt really good. And then they start coming on a regular basis because they've learned, they've built that little muscle of like, well, maybe, but you got to give yourself that chance to, to do that. You got you to gotta be brave enough and have enough courage to do it. And that's the scariest part. And being brave and being courageous doesn't mean you don't feel fear. It means that you feel it and you promise yourself you're going to do it anyways because you're worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I do want to speak to to the whole Zoom thing because I think there is judgment. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're in a room full of gay men. Of course there's judgment. People are like, oh, really? You think that way? Oh, shit. I don't think that way at all. And then they judge that. That's, that's, so again, to what Callan said, there will be judgment. Just accept that there will be judgment. But what makes judgment a lot less easier to handle when you're not judging yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing. So it's like when you're, if you look at the container around you in sharing, it's really just a reflection of you, right? So like, just, just one thing that, you know, that I, that I try and work on is like, I'll go and sometimes I'll review like my old videos of coaching and they are cringeworthy. Okay. <laughs> like the very first video I ever did was on self-compassion. And, and I was, I'm like, Oh my God, like, what are you even saying? You know, and I'm like hurling all these judgments at myself, but it's a really beautiful way to kind of ground yourself in just total acceptance. Like, yeah, okay. I used to think this way. Yeah. Sometimes I say shit that is weird or yeah. Sometimes I get, get, things wrong give yourself space right to 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 make mistakes to just come to the zoom hangout and say whatever the hell comes to your mind and who gives a shit if people like it or not and i think that's a, that's again part of authenticity work is just allowing space for yourself to show up in, in whatever way um is the most authentic and comfortable for you um i do have a question for you guys before we wrap up 
what is one self-judgment that you want to let go of in your life right now? Oh, hmm. Hmm. I have to think about that. Um, I think that this, this one comes down to like body image for myself and it, I don't get it. Why? Because like in my head, so my, my type that I like, I like a huskier guy. I like a bigger guy. I like a thicker guy. Um, so like, that's okay for somebody else. But then for me, the weight that I carry around my midriff, when I look at myself in the mirror by myself, I can be like, yeah, I look fine. But it's when I go to the beach or when I go somewhere else and I see other people, that's when I'm like, oh, but I don't look like that. So it's like, it always jumps back in secretly, even though I look more similar to the guys that I'm attracted to than like, I, like I'm not attracted to ripped abs and like all of that, like that, I have zero interest in that yet for whatever reason, it's still so programmed and ingrained into my brain that that's what I need to look like, but that's not the kind of guy I like. And that's not what I think the other guy's going to, I mean, I try not to judge what other people are going to like, but that's what it comes down to is I'm judging what I think other people are going to like. And I'm like, Oh, well, even though I like this, I know a lot of other people don't like this. So I need to live up to their standards. So that self-judgment of that, I just, mm -hmm. that's what I think I'm going to really work on this summer is that's one of the yeah. things that I want to work on because I've always felt so uncomfortable with my shirt off. Like, Oh, if I'm sitting like this, like I have some belly flub that's like hanging over or like I'm super white. <laughs> like I'm the whitest person you'll ever see at the beach. Like I reflect the sun outwards. Like people can sit next to me and get a better tan because I'm reflecting the light. Um, but just that, like I'm a redhead, I'm a ginger. I am super duper duper white. And there's going to be people who are attracted to that. And so my self judgment of like, oh, I don't find myself attractive. I need to drop that shit because I need to just let other people like what they like, just like how I like what I like. And that's probably a self-judgment thing that I really am going to work on specifically this summer. Mm, wow. Thank you. That's a good one. Great one. Okay. I have had time to think about my answer. <laughs> and you know what it is for me? It's, it's one that I've shared already, but it's that same um, self-judgment of visibility. Like I'm looking at myself right now and there's a part of me that's like, chirping at me right or if i if i re-listen to um uh, a video or if i if i watch something similar to what matt was saying i'll just be like Ugh. <laughs> like why'd you say that why'd you do that like my hair is wrong my, my teeth are all fucked up like I'll, I'll i'll find the most critical things to say about myself and then it's again it's not very useful so for me it's it's the self-judgment of showing up, speaking, allowing myself to be heard, allowing myself to be seen. Even though I do these videos all the fucking time, you would think it'd be easier. No, my friends, <laughs> still, I still have to deal with it. So, I mean, mine's, mine's the same. Mine's the same as it has been for the last year. And, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping it'll go away. <laughs> or the good thing is this, I am getting a lot better at it. And, you know, I'm not letting my own judgment stop me from going after the things I want to do. I am worthy of, of showing up. I am worthy of being heard. I am worthy of being seen, whether people like it or not, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. How about you, Matt? Um, <clears throat> well, I would say the main one would be the feminine, but if I was going to come up with a, another one, 
You know, I'm, I'm excessively hard on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself and, um, I'm always thinking about the next thing. What can I do? I don't, I, you know, I'm working with a coach right now, which I've talked to in previous um, episodes. And one of the main things that I'm working on is like, just allow yourself some time to just not do anything. And like, I, I beat myself up when I'm doing nothing. Like I should be doing something. And, um, you know, I've, I've got like a zillion tasks. I'm like building three businesses. You know what I mean? It's like, just chill, like relax, Matt. And when I, I can't, and it's, it's so hard. So I think the judgment for me is I put pressure on myself that I have to constantly be achieving. Um, and, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't want to let that go. And I don't think I will because I like being an achiever and I like, you know, having high standards of things that I achieve, but I do want to um, embody again, more of the feminine, more of the yin and just allow, um, allow myself to just, be be don't always do mm -hmm. yeah amen <laughs> i love it how much time do we have or where, where are we at time we're at time yeah we're at time all right well in saying that i guess it's time to wrap things up here so if you love what we are throwing down here at the Game and Going Duper podcast, please share us around and let other people know that you love us so that they can start loving us too. Um, give us a thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube and hit that subscribe and hit that bell so that you can get notified every time we put out new episodes on Thursdays. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, give us a rating on that platform. We love to hear your feedback. So leave us a comment as well because we love to read those. Um, and also comment in the in YouTube. We're getting a lot of YouTube comments and I'm loving them. So more comments, please. Those are fantastic. Also, um, if you want, we do have a Game and Going Deeper membership coaching community that we have. If you want to get on the wait list for when we next open the doors to that, you can do that in the show notes as well. Um, and I think that that's about it. Did I get everything, guys? Oh, and join the private Facebook group. If you want, we have the private Facebook group, the Gay Men's Brotherhood. You can go into the show notes and find that as well. So there you go. All right. That's it. Okay. Peace, Bye love, guys. rainbows, everybody. Bye. Bye.